very good question because it sharply touches on the big cheat actually behind uh, artificial evolution. Artificial evolution as we know it turns natural evolution upside down in terms of the notion of fitness. So we are used to this Darwinian notion of survival of the fittest and uh, artificial evolutionary processes, algorithms or mechanisms always start with defining the fitness as a quantifiable um, abstract notion. And if you evolve a robot for moving quickly, then fitness will be speed. So we postulate that fitness is speed. And then we start the evolutionary process and we say that robots with a higher fitness have a, sorry, robots with a higher speed have a higher fitness and therefore they can reproduce more frequently than robots that are slower, which have a lower fitness. But this is the story upside down. A biologist could tell you that rabbits or whatever animals never wear a number on the forehead saying, my fitness is 2000, can I reproduce with you please? So in a biological uh, system, fitness is in the eye of the observer. We observe a biological system and we come up with this abstract notion and we, uh, we associate levels of fitness afterwards. If a rabbit has 2000 offspring, children and grandchildren and grandgrandchildren, and we compare it to another rabbit, which only has 10, then we say the first rabbit is more fit because it has more offspring. In Artificial evolution, it's other way around. First, we say this robot is fitter because it is faster and therefore it can have more fitness. So now I'm coming back to your question about open-ended evolution. Open-ended evolution is the natural way where we do not have a quantified notion of fitness, which we use as something that determines the probabilities of reproduction. Open-ended evolution is when we have some mechanism that regulates when uh, these artificial organisms or physical robots can mate with each other. And the only thing that counts is whether they satisfy this, whether they are attractive mating partners for other, um, other individuals of the same species. And if they are, they can reproduce. And then we can see evolutionary trends towards something that we didn't even code in the system. Using this example of robots that are optimized for speed, speed is something which we declare to be the fitness value. So evolution will maximize this because you know faster robots will have uh, more children. So it will grow and the robots will become faster and faster over time. So somehow this is not very interesting. For the first sight it may be, but after doing so much evolution, it is trivial. What is interesting, if we have a trend in a property or trait for which we do not select, for instance, if the stability or the balance of the robot head also shows a trend. And very often we see this, so when we start an evolutionary process, then the robots are slow and completely unbalanced, and then they become quicker, but still unbalanced, so they look very, you know, strange behaviors, but Sure enough, uh, they are covering a larger distance during the test period. And then if we run on and on with evolution, then we can see, not always, but very often we do see, that the balance is also going up. And that's interesting, or more interesting than speed going up, because we don't select for it directly. So that is an evolutionary trend which comes by itself. So having better balance is, again, 
close to that magical part. We didn't put it in the system, but the system brings it to us. So this is open-ended evolution. Uh, we define the rules of engagement. What does a robot need to satisfy? What kind of traits or behavior does it need to have to have children? And then we push the button and wait, see what happens. Mm -hmm. Great. 